0: Well, good morning, church. (laughs) Yeah, my name is Bill Charity. That means love as a fact. Matter of fact, my wife said that's the reason she married me, (laughs) because of my name. So, Welcome today. Yes, uh, we're going to continue with our our series on love. Uh, I've titled this one uh, A Baptism of Love. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. You know, there's, there's a verse, uh, John fifteen nine. I'll start with that one. He says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. God loves you. It's just plain and as simple as that. You, you've heard it many times, and uh, if you haven't, you will. It's a proclamation of truth, his truth. He really does love you. We hear it so much nowadays, that sometimes it seems like it just loses its effect, but it's a fact, God loves you. We're at church here, we're doing a, a reading uh, through the Bible from cover to cover. And if you're not involved in it, it I, I recommend it. I, I really recommend it. it it's gonna uh, show you just who God is. You're gonna learn about him from the start all the way to the finish and, and what you're going to find out for the most part is that he really loves you, you know, this, this uh, study is going to give you a picture of his holiness his majesty his awesome power and love and like I said you'll really get to know who he is in Deuteronomy 7 uh, Moses told the nation of Israel God's chosen people and you'll you'll find out find out about that if if you have read that portion of scripture. He told him he says that God set His love upon Israel because of His promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, he did this also because He wanted Israel to be an example of His love for mankind. Still, God's love is so pure and great and powerfully displayed and and the journey of Israel through the years and generations, even up to the time of Jesus, ain't even up to uh, up to right now. And so it it never changes. God's love. Uh, you've heard uh, Jeff's testimony. Nothing that he did. He just said yes to Jesus. And Susan, she received healing from arthritis. Nothing that she did. She just said yes, I receive it. See. We're his kids. This is how he treats us, and this is how he sees us. He loves us. Even, even uh, you'll find that uh, with with Israel, you know, being the chosen people, uh, still, believe it or not, even from the beginning, he was making preparation for you. It wasn't all about Israel. In Numbers, Numbers chapter fifteen, verses fourteen and sixteen, it says, uh, "Whenever anyone else." or a foreigner presents an offering to the Lord, he must do it the same way as you. The community will have the same rules for you and for the foreigner residing with you. See? And so, yes, he's no respecter of persons. He had us Gentiles in mind even at that time. His love, it's perfect, it's true, it's, and it's complete, just as God is complete. His love replaces sin guilt, fear, shame, anxiety, condemnation. He replaces all that with forgiveness, peace, freedom, security, joy, goodness, confidence, faith. And I could go on and on with that. And he tells us through the Bible, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's a holy God. He's so holy that sin cannot exist in his presence it would actually it would literally disintegrate we if we came in his presence with sin in our hearts we would disintegrate we're not we're not able to do that but he's asking us to love him as a father and he'll give us he said he'll give us the best of everything even a place in his kingdom uh, as well as adopting us as sons and daughters this is the highest honor he's bestowed upon us heirs to his throne Making us priests and kings, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes, we. But at the same time, we don't understand that love. We don't understand how God loves us. You know, you think, oh, Wow, He's God. You know, I mean, you know, it's like how can you wrap your head around this? He's, uh, 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 how do you love God? He's all powerful. He's awesome. He's holy. He's benevolent, and and we are just. So small. <laughs> he is to be feared and reverenced, you know. Uh, um, we just don't have the mental capacity to fathom how much God loves us. You know, our fathers, our earthly fathers growing up, I mean, they were so imperfect and in, in, in raising us, you know, uh, a lot of us men we 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 did not have the skills for for as far as being fathers and 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 even stepping into manhood uh we took our cues from them and a lot of things we literally had to unlearn you know uh, as as our, from our earthly fathers but there were some uh, earthly fathers that I will say you know they did th- they did the best they could but they didn't have they didn't have that love that god has you know and so Um, some of us had a hard time embracing God's love, you know, we didn't really understand how how to receive that because we couldn't receive it from our own dads, you know. So we thought, well, God, yeah, well, God loves us, well, yeah, he has to, he's obligated, you know, but that's not the case. (laughs) He's not obligated, he doesn't just tolerate us, he loves us, you know. Um, You were made in his image. You were made to feel his love, to experience his love. It's not this, and it's not uh, the same view as in your performance. I mean, we, we can't earn it. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It's there. He just loves you, period. He says, you are his joy and his delight. Believe it and accept it. God would say to you, your life is defined by my love and good pleasure over you not by your performance. There's nothing we can do to, to, to earn his love. In Romans 5.8, he said, But God commended his love toward us, in that yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us even in our mess and through our mess. And so he says, Come, come as you are. Don't, don't try to clean it up first. It's not going to happen. In John 15, 9, Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Let me tell you what he did for you. He sent his son Jesus, died on that cross as a sacrifice. He was sacrificed. He conquered sin and death. He brought forgiveness and he reconciled us to God. He dealt with the spirit of religion. Stressing relationship, which is what the Father desires of us. Relationship, not religion. Okay? He wants to love us. Okay? And he wants you to love him. You can't, like I said, you can't earn it, it is there, and he wants to pour it out on you as the father pours his love out on his children. He's a perfect father. See, religion is man seeking after God. It's man's attempt to obtain favor from God by doing things. Paul reiterates what David said in the Psalms: "There is none that does good, no, not one." I don't care how you're good, how good you are. If you're, I'm a good person. I don't do this, and I don't. It doesn't matter. We're born in sin, and that's just the way of it. We have all sinned and fallen short of His glory, but. He loves you. And it says, he loves you with an everlasting love. You know, as Jesus was in Jerusalem, walking through Jerusalem, he cried out. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and those that are sent to you. How often would I have gathered you and your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you would not. You refused. You rejected my love but he still loves you, and he still loved them. See, Christianity is God reaching out to man. By this, what Jesus did, we have been given access to God, the ability to stand in the presence of the King of glory, the Holy One of Israel. That's big time. I remember in the Old Testament when God called Israel to the mountain, and he said, don't touch the mountain. <laughs> he said, Don't whatever you do, not touch the mountain. Don't go near the mountain. You will die. <laughs> and uh, they didn't. But what Jesus did for us, we can go to that mountain. We can sit in God's presence. We can sit in the presence of that holy God. Couldn't do that before Jesus came. Yeah, through that one perfect and final sacrifice, Jesus made a way for all of mankind including us, Gentiles or the foreigners. Oh, but he he did so much more, let me tell you. Because of that sacrifice, that ultimate expression of love, he is now able to pour his love out on us and in us because the Son, Jesus, lives in us. So we can receive that. Because when we surrender our lives to Jesus and invite him into our hearts, We become righteous through Him, and we can receive through faith the salvation of God. He lives in our hearts. We obtain privileges as sons and daughters, and we inherit all the promises of the Bible. We can experience and feel the love of God. We can experience the very thing that God wants us to experience, the fullness of His love. He made a way. We sing about it today. He's the Waymaker. In John 17, verses 22 and 23, God said, or Jesus said, was praying, and he said, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. He loves you You, He is, how can I express? God loves you. <laughs> there, was a, there was a man back in, uh, uh, called Charles Finney back in the 18th century. He was a revivalist. And uh, uh, he was, I, I, I love his testimony uh, it is a book, the, the, you can actually read it, uh, The Conversion of Charles Finney. And this man, he was in a church, he was studying to be a lawyer, and he was in a church. And uh, he, he you know, back then lawyers he got the, a lot of their law from the Bible, so they, they read the Bible. But Finney, uh, he had a way of, in his life, he was under conviction as he read the Bible he was in the church but he was not converted that's what they called him back then they call it converted and so he was at a point in his life where he says he said now I gotta I gotta I gotta fix this I gotta somehow I've got to make my peace with God and so if he in uh, uh, one portion he talked about how he decided oh, I got two days off next week I'm gonna do this you know and so he he did did everything and got ready for it, and things started happening, and things started getting in the way, and he couldn't couldn't get to where he wanted and then, so finally he got out and he went up in the woods to pray and and, and uh he was saying how she says, yeah, I got up in the woods and 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 I just kept looking around because I thought people were watching me I didn't want people looking at me, and I didn't want anybody to know." And then he says, well, and and, uh, he didn't tell his pastor or anybody at his church. Nobody knew what he was dealing with, but he was under conviction is what it was. God was dealing with his heart, and he had lost his peace and didn't know. He just knew that he had to make his peace with God. And so he's up in the woods, and he's looking around, and then he realizes that because of his pride and arrogance, he couldn't pray. So he, he gave up that time and he went back home and, and the conviction increased and he kept on, I got to do this, I'm going to make my peace with God. Finally, he, he goes back out in the woods and he's pray. he's trying to pray again and he realizes that his pride is there. Finally, he just screams out, I don't care if the whole world is watching me or every demon in hell is around me, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and so it was at that point that he was able to pray, he cried out and poured out his heart to God. And so he, he left that place. He was feeling a lot better. The conviction had gone. He didn't really know what was going on. He was of a mind that, well, he hadn't quite accomplished what he wanted to do. And so he's going back home. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, uh, some of his testimony, the part that I like the best. So, uh, uh, still, his problem was he had no assurance of his salvation he just felt a little better a lot of the the uh uh, guilt and those things were gone but he didn't quite understand okay and uh, it says i have he said uh after many tears and repenting he left the woods although he had no sense of guilt or conviction he wasn't sure whether he had accomplished his goal or made his peace with god he got home again and poured out his heart to god he said, I must have continued in this state for a good while, but my mind was too much absorbed with the prayer to recollect anything that I said. But I know, as soon as my mind became calm enough to break off the, the, the prayer, I returned to the front office and found that the fire, he had made a large fire, it was nearly burned out. But he said, but as I turned to, to uh, take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, without any expectation of it, without ever having a thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. Remember that. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know what I should say. I literally bellowed out the utterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect, I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more, yet I had no fear of death. He said, how long I continued in this state with this baptizing, baptism continuing to roll over me and go through me, I do not know. But I know it was late in the evening when a member came into the office to see me. He found me in this state of loud weeping and said to me, Mr. Finney, what ails you? <laughs> I could make him no answer for some time. He then said, are you in pain? He said, I gathered myself as best I could and replied, no, but so happy that I cannot live. When I woke in the morning, he had a fitful sleep. He was he woke up over and over again with, with the, the love of God just pouring through him. He, says he finally went to sleep and said, when I woke in the morning, the light was pouring, pouring into the window And he said, and uh, he says, words cannot express the impression that this sunlight made upon me. Instantly, the baptism that I had received the night before returned upon me in the same manner. (laughs) He said, I rose upon my knees in the bed and wept aloud with joy and remained for some time too much overwhelmed with the baptism of the Spirit to do anything but pour out my soul to God. God was loving him. God was loving him. He said, It seemed to me as this morning's baptism was accompanied by a gentle reproof. And the Spirit seemed to say to me, Will you doubt? Will you doubt? I cried, No, I will not doubt. I cannot doubt. He then cleared the subject up so much to my mind that it was fact impossible for me to doubt that the Spirit of God had taken possession of my soul. In this state, I was taught the doctrine of justification by faith as a present experience. That doctrine had never taken any such possession in my mind that I had ever viewed it distinctly as a fundamental doctrine of the gospel. Indeed, I did not know at all what it meant in the proper sense. But I could now see and understand what was meant by the passage being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He said... This was just the revelation that I needed. He says, uh, uh, um, instead of feeling that I was sinning all the time, my heart was so full of love that it overflowed. My cup ran over with blessing and with love, and I could not feel anymore that I was sinning against God. That that story there was the basis of my, my talk today, a baptism of love in my own life journey, I felt not, not the same way as Finney. <laughs> I wish I had, but <laughs> I had my own journey with God. I had my own experience, you know, uh, um, when I gave my life to the Lord, it was a time where uh, just, just um, you know, when, when, when you look at yourself and you see, you know, your sinful nature, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to receive that that forgiveness but eventually you, you know when you receive forgiveness from God you still got all the baggage there and so God was uh, oh i just i just couldn't get a handle on God's love for me i would uh, i remember being at a conference and uh, with a group of big big, uh, big ministry we were at and you know, I was just dealing with conviction and failure and insecurity. I would watch people worshiping God and, and, and I'd see them weeping and tears coming from their eyes and, and they're just having a good time. And, and I was like, wow, <laughs> I wasn't experiencing that. And I remember going out in the hall I had a big foyer out there, and and I just poured out my heart to God. I said, God, I can't do this. I said, I'm looking at people just loving you, and I said, I don't have it in me. I don't feel it. I I, I just was in a, such a state of despair. And this is what the Lord did. He took me to a place. It's like I don't I don't know how He did it, but I ended up standing on a beach with him. He says, you know what your problem is, Bill? I said, what? He said, you don't know how much I love you. You just don't understand it. I said, no, I don't. And so I'm on this beach. Now here's, oh, it was beautiful. I, I, some of you have been to places like Cancun, and I've never been to those places. I've been to Coney Island. But this beach was beautiful. It, the sand was white. Uh, the water was blue, it was a light blue, it was crystal clear. I mean, it just looked so fresh, and the air was not a cloud in the sky. The air was so clear and pure. And this is what he, is what he told me. He says, Bill, you don't understand how much I love you, or how much love I have for you. Let me show you. He says, you see that water, that beautiful crystal clear water? I said, yeah. He said, that's my love for you. I want you to drink it. I said okay. So I began to drink. Hit my face down in in the water, and I'm drinking. And he says, "Drink, drink deep, drink." Down. So I'm taking big gulps, and big, you know. He says, "Drink it all up." And I'm drinking and drinking, and finally I said, "Lord, I can't drink all this water." He said, "That's right. That's how much love I have for you." He says, "Now you see this." All this clear air, this this fresh air, that's my love for you. I want you to breathe it all in. Breathe it up. Use it up. Breathe it up. So I'm breathing. And I'm breathing. And I'm breathing. He said, breathe deep. I'm, he said, breathe deeper. And I'm breathing. I'm breathing. And it's still there. I says, Lord, I can't breathe all this air up. He says, no, you can't. That's how much love I have for you. He said, In my word, you've read, it says, My thoughts toward you are as numerous or as many as the sands on the seashore. He says, You see that beach, that white beach? All oh, those grains of sand. He says, I want you to count them. Count them? He says, Yes, count them all. So I started counting. Grain of sand. One and after a while I, I must have had a pile of sand about this tall yet there was this vast white beach and he said that's, that's how much I love you I think about you all the time my thoughts toward you are many and so that, that was see, Finney, that was his baptism of love this was my baptism of love from that day, uh, just the peace that rested in my heart was so overwhelming that I was like Finney, and God saying, would you doubt? <laughs> and I said, no, I will never doubt. That was my baptism of love. And so in, in um, uh, John 15:9, it says, as the Father have loved me, I have also loved you, abide in my love. And Jeremiah says. You shall, and you shall seek me and find me when you seek, when you shall search for me with your whole heart. I've got a song that I, uh, uh, I'm not going to sing it. I want to read it to you. But this is a song that uh, has uh, meant a lot to me over the years, and uh, even uh, as as a Christian, as as uh, you know, as a child of God. And it's a reminder, to me it's a reminder of the vastness, the immensity of God's love and how uh, his love for us is his children. And it's the love of God. It was written by Frederick Lehman back in 1917. Yeah, God was loving him back then too. (laughs) It says, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure, the saints' and angels' song. It says, when hoary time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray and on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints' and angels' song. And the last part says, could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies (coughs) of parchment made? This is part of my baptism of love. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole So stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels saw. He did this to me yesterday when I was writing this. He just loves pouring His love on us. He wants to do the same for you. He wants to pour His love on you. I'm gonna pray for you because this experience was not just for me. This is what He wants for all of His kids. I just happened to be in a place where My heart was just crying out to him. And I said, God, I need you. And he came and he he ministered to my heart. And he showed me how much he loved me. And he told me, it is well. All was well. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just pray for every person listening to this. This morning, God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for that just that great love. Lord, your word says your love is from everlasting to everlasting. Thank you, Lord. It's rich, it's pure. I pray for every person, God, here, that they would have a heart to seek you out, Lord, to receive that love. There's nothing we can do, nothing we can do to earn it, God, but just only to receive it. So, Father, I pray you pour your love out on us, God. You would pour your love out on us, Lord, like a bucket of honey, God, because it is sweet. Thank you, Lord. Bless your children. In Jesus' name.